What's up, players? Welcome to episode 105 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms, what we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or hit us up at Ready Press Play on Twitter or TikTok. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is January 15th, 2021. I'm your host, Louis Menchaca, and joining me today, as always, is my co-host, ah, my co-host, Mr. Daniel Lima. You know, Louis, I am not used to dressing up like this, and especially sitting down, I think I may have to unbutton this uh, this blazer here, because this always happens with me when I'm wearing these kinds of things, where I'll sit down, and then it feels like it just kind of doesn't, like, you know, doesn't go in right. So just kind of trying to get a little more comfortable here. For the audio listeners, Louis and I are kind of dressed up today. Yes. Because it's, it's a special occasion. Special occasion. You know, we're doing the grown and sexy, like I said last week. It's the final video episode. And uh, let me tell you this right now. Dan, you don't know the first thing about blazers is that when you sit down, you're supposed to unbutton it. The blazer stays oh, buttoned okay. when you walk, stand and walk. See, I, I am not used to dressing like this. I've only dressed like this in a few occasions in my life. It's been graduations um, weddings funerals weddings yeah yeah exactly that kind of stuff so uh i am not really used to the to the etiquette of uh you know what's another thing though gala night on cruises mm -hmm. that's the thing yes that so is a thing. usually for those that don't know usually when you go on a cruise there's like one or sometimes two nights if you're doing like a longer cruise where everybody's supposed to dress up uh, as formal as possible basically for dinner time and so I always, when I go on a cruise, I always like to take a suit or a nice outfit as well for uh, for that occasion. But uh, yeah, Louis, why don't you uh, tell us why this is a special occasion? Yes, it's the final video episode. We're sending ourselves off. We're yeeting ourselves off of the Level 1 Gaming YouTube channel. Uh, it was completely our choice. Uh, you know, there's no controversy. There's no, there's no like, inside story like, oh my we God. We got what's canceled. The, what's the dirt? You know, like, what happened? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, we're just... Uh, burnt out yeah. and we're just cutting down our workflow you know we go straight to audio only there's some advantages uh mm -hmm. so one of the things that i was reminiscing about when we were first doing videos is that when in, we do video there's actually a bigger delay when we talk to each other and like the first yeah. like episode 60 when we went to video 61 62 we were awkward as fuck because we did not know how to like uh, react to the uh, to the delay because we were so used to recording audio only with the with the faster reaction time that we were cutting each other off mid sentence when we meant to cut each other off like at a point where they paused. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we got like used we were to, like, so used race to, our... to the flow. Yeah. Yeah. I we're gotta, cutting like... each other off now, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> we're so used to the flow that we kind of had to learn. I think after a few episodes, what we started doing is to kind of give each other cues about like when to come in and stuff. Like I, I don't even remember if we talked about that or if it was more of a natural thing where. You know, when I was hosting, I would go like, I you know, I'll read the story and then go, hey, Louis, what do you think about this? And I think you do the same to me. Or you like, know, so. I would raise my hand at times where like, you would like, go, Louis, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it was just like these, uh, these things that we just sort of had to like, figure it out because we try to do the show as if it were back to like just doing audio only, but just on camera. And it didn't work the same. It's not the same yeah. show, you know. So I, I, there was a lot of different things that I was doing. By the way, I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, you know, Dan has pretty much figured it out. I'm going to end the podcast. I'm going to edit into the podcast after our done our taping. Uh, I'm going to put uh, a little montage of like quick snippets of every little episode. 
from like in mm -hmm. like quick succession, right? And it's gonna have a little counter with like 60, 61, 62, all that stuff. And slowly but surely, you can see me getting fatter and Dan just <laughs> changing his like hairstyle, like beard, no beard, <laughs> glasses, no That's glasses. That's so funny. Short hair, long oh. hair, haircut, blah, like just a uh, man bun. Like you can see everything and in between. Like Dan just, <laughs> Dan's background changes, like all of it, but like you can see like an evolution and like a change. I am so to excited to see this. I can't believe, I, you know, I knew you were going to do a thing, but I didn't know you were, you had gone that far. That sounds like a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> so I can't wait to actually see that. You know, what's kind of funny oh. is like, I chose clips of us like just smiling a lot. Like mm -hmm. I tended like wanted to like, I didn't want us to do like shots of us like being stern and looking serious and talking to each other. So there's mm -hmm. almost every single shot at us like smiling and cheesing and like laughing with each other because we're telling a joke or something or, or like being or making puns. And so like if you were to like take that footage that I that I uh, like snip like cut out and like muted the audio. And mm -hmm. all, if you just slow it down to like 50%, like, so like you know, slow down and then make it black and white and zoom in, just throw some like emoticon hearts, like, like, you know, like little hearts and stuff and put like music on there. It looks like we're like romantic and like flirting with each other. <laughs> like, like we're falling in love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, 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 like, it looks like that just by how much we're like, what do you call it? Like that you know, on-screen chemistry kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I just cool. thought that was funny. Like in the absence of like any context, it looks like that. Right, right. And, well, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing that. Yes, and also, uh, you know, a bit of housekeeping as for this particular episode. So, yes, that video montage is exclusive to the video version. You don't get the montage because it's visual, so you don't get the montage and audio. And I am debating, and this hasn't been finalized because I got a day or two to react to this. I have a, I may put a post-credit scene at the end of the video uh, that Dan doesn't know about. And, uh, okay. so that, by the way, that, that post-credit scene completely still up in the air, whether or not it'll make the cut, but for now the montage okay. is in. So is yeah. it anything that would make me get canceled? No, that's not at all. I, that's all I worry about. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> no, it's more of like, uh, like an end cap to our journey, right? It's kind of like, this right, is, right, it's right. the end of year two or we're leaving level one gaming. We're going to make, we're going to redo it. We're going to start over a new, you know, I figured mm -hmm. like it's a good, like little, like, uh, you know how, like, in the movies, they always, like... Uh, an epilogue. An epilogue, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how, like, in End Avengers Endgame, they did the, the sound effect of Tony Stark from Iron Man 1 hammering away? It's kind of like a little callback, but, like, right, it's also right, going right. back to the beginning. But it's like a, like a journey kind of thing. Interesting. Okay, all right. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what... Uh... <laughs> We'll see when we get there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just, I just wanted to. I was thinking about all of this stuff because we're, you know, we're doing, we're, we're sending our farewell to the video and stuff like that. And I had all of these thoughts running through my mind about, you know, uh, our time and the journey of everything we've done here. And it's kind of crazy. We're not, and the show isn't ending, but it feels like it's an end of an era kind of thing, you know. So. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though because you know we have not been on video for the majority of the show, right? Right. But we did end up being on video for a lot, for a long time, actually, probably more than I even originally anticipated. Like, I, I well, that, I guess that doesn't necessarily make sense. Majority it's not of like twenty twenty one, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we when we had the idea of going to video, I think the way we talked about it, like we we didn't give it an end date or anything, but it was kind of like, oh yeah, let's try that out and see if it sticks and see you know how it goes. And but I th I feel like we kind of had it in the back of our head, like or at least I did, like oh maybe maybe we won't really like this or it's gonna ruin the the chemistry and we're gonna have to go back to uh to what we we're doing before. But that actually didn't happen. It actually kind of ultimately worked out. Um, the main reason why we're gonna stop doing it is how you said is just kind of, um. 
we've both kind of gotten burned out and we both kind of want to start new projects as well. And just cutting off a little bit of that extra time that it takes to uh, get prepared for the show, uh, you know, when it comes to the video and get things set up as well as like the, the kind of post production, you know, that involves the video is just going to allow us a little bit of extra time to either rest or start new projects and so forth. You know, I just realized I remembered something. Mm. We never had any disconnect issues when we were audio only disconnects were a video mm. exclusive thing like we've had that is interesting going yeah. to video brought more technical hurdles than in the background that you guys don't know about than that came with it you know so yeah um, yeah thankfully we don't do this podcast live because <laughs> <laughs> the truth is uh the product people get either on audio feeds but also on the youtube we, we it's you know the audio feed especially is heavily edited the the video on youtube is not as much but we still every time we had a disconnect or anything weird we would we would just kind of cut parts of it off like so. the first couple of yeah. episodes of 60 through 63 or 65 like i left them in there and mm-hmm. then there was one episode where i could not like youtube would not allow me to cut it out so it's some there were some mm-hmm. disconnects but like other than that yeah you're right it just the audio show is better obviously it's more you know put together and then like the video mm-hmm. show it just sort of there's there's more there's more at play to it and especially because most of it falls on me since i'm like the video production team of of it all so but yeah no i just i just thought that i i wanted us to reminisce about the our video journey and i'm glad that you humored mm-hmm. me for this long dan uh but now that it's been <laughs> 10 minutes we'll uh or about 10 minutes we'll do one last thing here um dan compiled a list of the top nine video episodes that we did on based on views uh, mm-hmm. so of course views are publicly known. So it's not like we're, we're like, oh my God, we've made so much views. We made a killing on this, on this, uh, on this <laughs> YouTube channel. It's not like that, but I just wanted to, you know, give it a list of like a shout out to like what, what worked, what, what thumbnails, what, what headlines got people's attention. Oh, and one yeah. last thing, by the way, before I read the list off completely forgot to, to like, this should have been something I did last week or yeah, or the week before, whenever we came back to recording regular episodes. But during the Christmas episode, Level 1 Gaming reached 1,000 subscribers even on the day we oh, premiered yeah. uh, the, Congratulations the Christmas episode. To you. I yeah, take 100% awesome. credit. It was all us. We did <laughs> they nothing to do with it. It was yes. already press played despite the they were actually, um They were actually at, at 20 subscribers right before we dropped that Christmas episode. So it just, it just hit that hard. And then they, you know, they got 980 subscribers just that day so you're welcome <laughs> yeah i think we joined them like when were they we at 300 subscribers something like that so i don't know i don't even remember what yeah. we were but they've they've grown a lot in uh in 2021 and, and i'm sure they're going to continue to grow they, they do great stuff over there they're very entertaining they have a lot of a big variety of different shows and things that they do with the channel so um you know a, a cool cast of of diverse people as well that you know come from different backgrounds and talk about different types of games and etc so they do really good stuff there and and i appreciate that you know they always were so nice to us and you know kind of lent us their uh their space to uh to try this video endeavor and stuff and this is uh this this is not necessarily a goodbye this is more of a see you later you know lewis will continue to be featured in their content has been featured in a lot of their content um in other moments and and you know i'm also like a phone call away yeah. <laughs> or you know don't know don't call me you know i don't do phone <laughs> calls like i talked about before but you know i'm, I'm also a message away or whatever so. yeah special announcement here yeah. but uh this coming tuesday uh it's the re- return of cogs in a machine featuring yours truly as the the new co-host so uh yeah i'm literally gonna be here in a so this appears on saturday like three more days and tuesday i'm back at it again here so i'm not leaving the channel <laughs> 
Dan is. <laughs> All right. True. So that being said, number nine. Let's see. It says here, game collecting, the Dice Awards, and PlayStation News. So that's interesting. Um, I wouldn't figure game collecting would have been a thing that we would have that would have gotten people's attention or wanted people to watch. But that's a good thumbnail there with uh, with Raiden and the and the uh, the big ass bookshelf of games and stuff like that. I did do a good job on that thumbnail. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Number eight, all about PlayStation featuring Kyle Stevenson. That's a good one. Uh, they, he, yeah. he he blew up in 2021 with the uh, with the indie six one six indie and that was at the PlayStation yeah, six one indie and the PlayStation Trophy Room, which is a pretty solid uh, podcast. Mister Badbit, who is his uh, co-host there, is also being featured in some other level one gaming stuff. Uh, so yeah, that one is probably up in the list because he probably brought some some uh, viewers off uh, off his own stuff as well in there. All right, so that was episode number seventy. I can't see which one episode number or number nine was, but okay. Number seven is num- episode number ninety four, the Switch's sixty four problems, and that's when we talked about like the the sixty four emulator uh, being mm-hmm. trash on the Switch. Not sure why that one got the attention though. Though I mean, the the the, the thumbnail is Pikmin because of like the Pikmin mobile games. So it's like it's not like it, it's not. I don't know. Well, it, the, I think I think that the the common thread here is the the episodes that we're talking about, kind of current trendy events that were represented in the title, and therefore would make that episode come up as people are searching. Like maybe that week, a lot of people were searching Nintendo sixty four emulation on the Switch, and then our video could have come up, and a few people could have seen that, right? All right, number six, uh, the Game Awards nominees and predictions, episode number ninety-seven. Uh, that was a big, obviously, like trend, trendy, writing the mm-hmm. the search results kind of wave kind of thing. Uh, and of course, we got the thumbnail of Death Loop. I mean, who? Why not? <laughs> number five, the Switch's fourth uh, anniversary, I guess, because that's Switch's fourth. Uh, Pokemon Legends and the Banana Sense. I believe. Do you remember this, Liz? This, this was, was our, our first video episode. Yeah, this is episode sixty, our mm-hmm. first video episodes. That that one made number five. Damn. Yeah, so it's probably because it was the first episode. I think we made a bigger push, kind of sharing it on social media and everybody from Level One Gaming as well. I'm sure everybody from the channel watched it or checked it out at some point because it was like kind of like a new thing. So I I understand why this would be towards the top as well. Yeah, generally, uh, I remember like everyone was retweeting that that week. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, number four, E3 approaches and God of War. Uh, what the hell? Retreats. God of War retreats. Oh, okay, here we go. Number seventy-three. So God of War got the delay. E3 uh, mm-hmm. was. We're talking about E3 coming up, so that makes sense. All right. Uh, number three, uh, PlayStation buys Blue Point and GTA trilogy leaks. Mm, come on, I like. <laughs> I I wanted like some some juicy ass like number sixty nine to be like in the in the top uh, spots. Nope. Like some it's really it's ones. all it's all about the trendy stories. You know, Sony Blue Point GTA trilogy. People were searching that. You know, or thing came up. <laughs> okay, all about Xbox featuring Dallas Man number seventy one number. That's number two. You know, Dallas Man being part of Level One Gaming probably helped. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And our highest viewed episode, the PlayStation Showcase 2021 Reactions, uh, mm-hmm. number 87. So this was, you know, a few months after E3 when uh, PlayStation did their uh, their showcase and they revealed God of War Ragnarok uh, properly and a few other things. And the truth is, you know, PlayStation. PlayStation is big. PlayStation, people like PlayStation. People like God of War. People are searching that. Um, and so, yeah, but none of the, so like our top viewed episodes were none of four more like, I guess sort of like unique or like, 
Yeah, or, no, no, no. I was gonna say like personality driven episodes, like you know when Dan Matt Lewis or oh, yeah. you know the episode one hundred like special. You or know? yeah, like it was more of like, hey, we're talking about a big story here that people are searching, so you know more people got to see this. So interesting. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, the more discoverable episodes, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, you know what is kind of interesting is like I think our more personality driven episodes did better in the audio feeds, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, possibly possibly so although our top audio episodes are still the ones where it's like best games of x yeah which by the way lewis we need to record another one of those we need, we need to, to do to the do 80s our favorite at some yeah point. our favorites from the 80s yeah. which by the way i know it's a bit of a tangent i would want to do that as not just the favorite from the 80s but the favorites from the 80s and below because i don't think there's enough 70s games to where we could do a an episode on that but we could we may want to each like bring like one game from the 70s to our all right here's here's what i here's what I, here's my counter offer instead of okay. doing 10 games from the 70s we do five games from the 70s a piece because no, i can't even how many games are from the we 70s could be a pong. i'm pretty sure there's like uh, i don't know some space invaders yeah like i'm pretty sure here's the thing if we do if we combine them right not a single game of the 70s is gonna make my list i can guarantee oh, you that. okay I would have like one. That's the thing is like I would have like one shout out kind of thing, you know. <laughs> but I understand your point. I understand. We'll we'll figure something. We'll out. figure it out. We'll figure it out. All right. Yeah. So yeah, that was our little like housekeeping slash reminiscing kind of segment. So we'll go ahead and move on to the actual topics of discussion. All right. So there's really only one topic of discussion here. So it's our final video episode. So we're gonna utilize the video format to its final. Uh, it's full form, really. Uh, so we're going to do a video game show and tell where we show off our, our cool swag and whatever tchotchkes that we have. Uh, basically, just sort of you know, do what I've been doing this whole entire time when I've been showing off my Vita or my Game Gear <laughs> or my, uh, my Kishi and stuff like that. I've been showing off. Uh, so basically, I've burnt out a lot of my items, but I still have more in the pocket. Uh, so now mm -hmm. uh, Dan and I are just going to sort of like go, go back and forth and... Uh, and just show off what we got. And uh, Dan, I'll, I'll let you start us off here. Okay. And obviously for the audio listeners, this means that, uh, you know, probably for just this one episode, you might want to go and check out our video version to get the full experience. But otherwise, we're still going to kind of try to describe what uh, what we're showing here so that you kind of have an idea and you're not completely left out of the, of the experience either. Uh, so I grabbed, you know, Liz, I didn't think I was going to have too many things to, uh, to show in this episode, but then I realized I actually have quite a few fun things that I could share. So I'm going to start with the, what's probably the most recent item in my collection here. And it's actually not mine because I bought this as a gift for Leah. <laughs> um, and it is this figure right here. So I am showing it oh to the God. camera. <laughs> this oh is a figure of Geralt of Rivia, also known as the Witcher, in the bathtub. This is referencing a scene in the beginning of The Witcher 3. Um, and it's also just what I think I think there's a similar scene also on the TV show. And it's just one of those like it's uh, like it's one of those like kind of thirst trap type <laughs> scenes, especially with Henry Cavill as Geralt because, you know, he's very sexy as Geralt of Rivia. Uh, and you know, Lee and I, we, we, I, I played a little bit of the Witcher three. She watched me play it. And then we, we've been watching the show. Like we watched season one when it came out and we're going through season two right now. Uh, and she's a big fan of like Geralt as a character. You know, she really likes his, 
traits. Uh, and so I thought it would be funny to give it to her as a gift, this figure, once I found out that this was a thing. And I actually found out that this was a thing. Shout out to, uh, I think it was Metal Jesus Rocks on YouTube. He has this figure as well. He talked about it in a video. Uh, and so I just looked it up online and I was able to find it and get it. So here you go. Geralt in a bathtub. That is my first item today. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Wow. That is, I, I don't even know how to follow that up here. All right. Yeah, you you probably didn't expect, you know, I'll, I'll have all sorts of things today. I don't even have anything. Okay, first off, let me just let me just put it to you this way. The majority <laughs> of my stuff is video games, okay? Because here's the thing. Okay. I don't do collectibles. I don't do, like, physical figures and stuff like that. Amiibos are an exception. So I'll go ahead and just show off my Amiibos here because here's the thing. Okay. I have pretty much every Amiibo you can think of. Like, uh, like not every Amiibo that ever came out, but, like, every Amiibo that I wanted which is like damn near every Amiibo that came out. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I decided to just show off only like my two rare Amiibos. Uh, so okay. first off, before I show them off, okay, before I show them off here, I gotta like, I gotta like, I gotta set the stage here. Okay, back in like what, 2015, we got Yoshi's Woolly World came out for the Wii U and they came out with these like cool ass little yarn Yoshis, right? Oh yeah, uh, uh huh. So I have the green one. Yeah, so yeah. I have all the yarn Yoshis, as you can see. There's the there's the pink one. Uh, the lighting is really bad here. There's a pink one, there's a blue one, and yeah. there's a green one. Those are very cute. Yes. They, Those are some of my favorite Amiibos. They yeah. are very cute. And then later on in the in the 3DS, uh, they made a port oh. of the 3DS. And it, came, it was called Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. All right? And so I got Poochie here. Yes. And here's the thing. <laughs> I, I love these Amiibos, and they're great and all. And... These are the only Amiibos that I allowed my nephews to play with. Because here's the thing. I have all of my Amiibos in a case. And, like, mm -hmm. they're stored away. And so uh, my nephews, they were, like, especially when they were little, they all wanted to play with my Amiibos, like, toys and stuff like that. Like, ha, ha. Like, you know, like, ha, ha. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so the only ones I allowed were these because they're plushies. And here's the thing. I sort of regret it in the sense, not because it wasn't, like, cool and all, but I regret it in the sense that, like, Poochie is not completely white anymore. And you can't see it on camera, but they were played with them on the ground to the point where they got like a little dirty and they're not like quite as minty. And, right. and it doesn't show on camera, but like they're, it's like, it's like, it's like brownish white. But anyways, those weren't the amiibos that I really wanted to show. The real amiibo that is like the champion king amiibo that I wanted to show off is this big bitch right here. Oh, yeah. I knew it was coming. I had a feeling it was coming. This is the, the big size um, Yoshi, Yarn Yoshi Amiibo. Yes. Louis still has it in the box, too. As, as, yes. As a matter of fact, I honestly think that this Mega Yarn Yoshi Amiibo... Okay, first off, I'm actually a little... like I was expecting it to be a little bit bigger than this. Okay, like this. Mm -hmm. I was expecting something along the lines of like uh, like a teddy bear, like a bigger dimension, right? That I can sort of hug like this. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little unimpressed by it, but as far as like the Mega Yarn Yoshi's, I think less of these bitches were com were produced, and they were these are rarer. Uh, and the one I got here, the one that's in the box, is a Japanese import that I bought at a convention. So mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. 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 All right. So I'm gonna go next. And uh, share a game as well. 
and it is actually not um i don't i don't think it is really a rare it was like it was one of those nintendo things where it's supposed to be like a timed release and like hey like you know get it because it's a special celebration thing or whatever all right uh, but then it ends up being available for a long time anyway and it's probably not probably ultimately is not that rare um but i don't really know for sure uh and i bet you have this as well Louis. this is the 25th anniversary super mario brothers uh super mario all-stars limited edition for the wii and uh it comes on this box and it has a few like collectible things inside it um so this was the obviously the re-release of super mario all-stars the super nintendo collection for the wii um on the 25th anniversary of mario which i guess would have been 2010 um if i'm not mistaken yes and it included you know the actual game which i'm showing here to the camera okay. right now that right there that you pulled up that was the one that got re-released so the limited edition like the one that you have the big box red one that was uh -huh. the harder to find one but the ones the white case one that got mass produced like later on like second print runs it has a soundtrack CD as well, and, uh, you know, it has this little booklet with uh, Super Mario history and talking about different Super Mario games and etc. And, I mean, it's a cool it's a cool little package, but I remember the game itself was disappointing because you put that disc on the Wii and it's literally just, a ROM. you know, the ROM of Super Mario All-Stars. So I remember I wasn't super excited about that. And I got this in Brazil, actually, and... Because uh, at the time when this when this was coming out, I was there and they did there was a there was an event that they did like a release event for this game in Brazil in where I was living at the time, which was Sao Paulo. Uh, and I got to go to it and stuff. And they actually did a lot of activities and they had like Super Mario themed trivia and stuff. Uh, and it was the first time that I learned about this game because it was like a trivia question that they were giving away like prizes if somebody got this and there was like one person that got it, uh, which I think and I, I could I could be misremembering this, but I think what the question was, what was the first Mario game where you did not play as Mario, but instead you had to save Mario or something like that? Luigi's Mansion. And no, where's Mario's the missing? Answer, it was Mario's missing. Yeah. Yes. And I had never heard of that game before. And that was the first time I heard of it. Wow. Yeah. You know what the worst part is? Like, the one thing that I cannot, like, forgive Nintendo for is, number one, if you're going to be a lazy bitch and just put a ROM on a, on a Wii disc, fine. But if you're going to do it, do it right and put the <laughs> fucking ROM from All-Stars plus Super Mario World. At the, That's you true. Know, they, you could yeah. have at least done that. It's not that hard. This ROM, ex this ROM yeah. card already exists. So, uh, damn, Nintendo be Nintendo sometimes. I know, for sure, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, so... My turn. So I'm going to show off uh, my only hardware that I haven't showed off because, you know, like I said, I've showed off the Game Gear. I've shown off, like, my PSP. I've shown off pretty much everything. And, like, really nothing uh, nothing has, uh, is a surprise anymore. So the only thing I got, the only ace up I got my sleeve is uh, hardware that isn't really uh, official, like, licensed hardware. It's not a first-party hardware. Um, and these things are, like, you know, dimes and dozens at this point, but... You know, like, you know, like there's like the new analog pocket and stuff like that. These aftermarket yeah. things. So basically this is kind of like a sort of ahead of its time, but it's called, and I've actually name dropped this before on, on like early on in the podcast life. So I've never mentioned it since, but it's the Superboy. So oh. the Superboy, as you can see, is a, that looks really cool. Is a handheld Super Nintendo. So, yeah, it basically looks as if you had a Super Nintendo uh, controller and then you made it about you know, twice as big and you put a screen in the middle. It's like if the Wii U gamepad and the Super Nintendo had a baby, <laughs> that's what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So 
uh, here's the thing. This super, this Superboy is it, it. works as a handheld and a Super Nintendo because there's a there's a AV out port where you can plug mm-hmm. it into the TV. So you can actually plug in actual Super Nintendo official first party Super Nintendo controllers into these ports and play it like on the hmm. TV. Uh, That's awesome. Or you can play it in handheld mode. Like it's got an L and R. It's got all the buttons, the D-pad, and everything. It feels very good. Like the buttons just feel right. It's got a 3.5-inch mm-hmm. screen here in the middle, and it's kind of like eh, but it gets the job done. You know, it's not like the most. It's not like amazing quality, like you know, screens that you see on iPhones or whatever. Um, and the thing that I like about this thing is it's got the the slot here can fit not just uh, like like Super Nintendo cartridges like stuff like. It also fits like uh, uh, Super Famicom games, so like that's awesome. When you play it, you play it like this, like and uh, that is really cool, actually. Yeah. I I didn't even I I mean you you might have mentioned in the podcast before, and I just erased it from my memory, but I didn't even realize this was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, what's interesting is like I only own one Super Famicom game because I saw it at a convention, and it like it lit it made the whole fucking crowd go fu- go fire it, it was so lit uh and this is this game right here and i'm gonna do a two for one it's called sanrio mm-hmm. world smash ball and it's a oh yes I, I remember that i told I you about it about and you were like how did you play it and i told you i played it on this uh so mm-hmm. that's how i played it and this is it i just the super it's called the super game boy or sorry the super boy that's what it's called Bam. I just realized, by the way, this uh, this episode is going to have a lot more like background noise and just randomly like, you know, like t- hitting the table or like chair moving around noises than our typical episode because we're moving around as we're grabbing things and whatnot. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, not typically the case as we're doing this. So sorry, audio um, <laughs> Louis, how many how many items roughly did you bring to show today, by the way? How many how many turns do you think we're going to do with this? If I were to cut it down, I can do one, two, three, four. I can do six more oh, turns. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to cut it down. I, I, because I, I. My point is like I have a lot. I actually. have a lot so too. I'm, yeah. All right. So I just wanted to know if you if you're gonna keep. Uh, I can keep going, going if I keep going. I can keep going. Okay. Cool. I, I I already know what my last one is gonna be, and I save my best for last. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Very loose move. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna show another action figure uh, right now, and this one has another interesting story that I never talked about on the podcast, actually. Um, which is this is a Hamer Dinger figure, which is a character from League of Legends. I'm getting it close to the camera here. Uh, this was one of my favorite characters. Uh, I played with this character all the time. It's not really. A, I'm pretty sure. You know, I was never that deep in league as far as you know professional play and ranked play goes and etc um but i i am pretty sure it's not like it's not a character that's considered part of the meta or whatever like a tier a character or anything like that it was just a character that i thought was pretty cool and that i didn't identified with he's very like he's very easy to kill but you can he's an engineer so he, you create these turrets and you put them in the map and then you can control them from afar and stuff so i just really enjoyed playing as him but the story from behind this figure is that I did not buy this figure. But in 2015, me and my family uh, were traveling and we were in Europe and we're jumping around. We're like, we got a car and we're like road tripping and we're like hitting different countries and stuff. And during that time frame, uh, the League of Legends World Championship was happening and they were going to have the final in Germany. So me and my brother, you know, convinced our parents to like stop by... Um, to basically like stop by Berlin 
um which we're already kind of planning to do anyway but exactly when the finals was going to happen we got tickets and we got to see the final league of legends uh tournament world tournament and they were giving these away on the final so i got this for free and it's just kind of my little souvenir from that experience where we got to be me and my brother in germany watching the finals of the league of legends world championship um, that is amazing yeah, it was. It was at the. I'm, I was actually looking this up right now, so I didn't get any information wrong. Uh, it was in the Mercedes uh, Benz Arena, and um, the the two finalist teams. I'm pretty sure they were both Korean. They're called SKT and uh, KOO, and SKT won three to one. It was a fun. It was a fun day. Uh, I'm not big on esports, but it was like one day where I was like, I was all in, and I did that. And did your parents yeah, I go? I got this too. No. Aww. That would have been interesting no, if the you ticket... got them into it. Like, they got, like, wow yeah. or something by it. I, I I think we kind of tried, but the tickets were kind of expensive. Um, I, we we kind of bought them second. I mean, at that point, we were buying them secondhand. And we actually... It wasn't too bad. I think we spent, like, like between $100 and $200 per ticket or something, uh, which is not that bad for what we were doing, I think. Mm. Um, but, you know, they wouldn't want... They wouldn't want to pay for, like, more, you know, tickets for them to go see something that they didn't care about. True. So, um, yeah. My brother was really big into League, even more so than me, and he was bigger in the esports scene as well. So he was almost like the one that pushed for it more. But yeah, it was a fun time. All right, cool. All right, yeah. well, oh man, I don't, I don't have stories behind everything. So here's the thing: <laughs> you're a good, majority you're good. of these games, I don't either. Majority of these games, I have not actually played them. All right, I'm gonna give you a good example okay. of one. This game right here is expensive as fuck on the resale market. I think I bought it for like $70, which I think is a steal now. By I think the price of this right. game has gone up since I've played. And I don't I don't check cuz I haven't checked cuz I don't care. I don't I don't buy a game because I want to resell reason. it. I don't I buy a game yeah. because I want it on my collection. I want I want to I want to have my precious, right? I want the infinity stones. I like them all together. <laughs> That's my mentality, right? So, I wanted to go out of my way to buy every single game featured in smash bros so like um you know like mr game and watch i need a game and watch game i need uh marth i need the fire emblem game that marth is in so ike's game is uh fire emblem uh path of radiance here he has two games oh nice one on the gamecube and one on the wii there i own both of the games but i only brought out this one uh they're they're um they're both fetch a pretty penny like they're both expensive as fuck but like i think this one is more rare uh, because the GameCube didn't exactly say it, sell gangbusters. Uh, so this has less print of it. And uh, this is, I like the idea of having like all of my, in my in my head, if I had like this big ass table, like I would have like my Ike Amiibo standing next to this and like my, like all of my Amiibos standing next to a, a game that's featured in them. So like I would need to have this in this, in this <laughs> like imaginary setup in my head that I'll never do but yeah yeah pretty much all the pretty much all the gamecube games that um you know that are any good have gotten pretty valuable in the secondhand market recently so uh i'm pretty sure that it, that probably costs a lot more now than when you when you paid for it even though you said you don't necessarily care about that yeah um lewis do you remember a little thing called club nintendo i was literally gonna bring that up next my next uh pick but go ahead Okay, so we can we can kind of do it together, uh, and you can help me out a little bit too because I have a terrible memory. But uh, so Club Nintendo used to be this Nintendo service online. You know, if people that are listening don't know, where 
you would buy games on the I think it was like mostly the Wii and the DS the era. Wii U and as well. On, yeah, and they would come, you know, in their in their book there would be like the booklet, the menu for the game, and then they would often have a little piece of paper that had a code uh, that you could use to claim reward like you would go online on this website called Club Nintendo, you'd have your account, you put in the code, and then you would get to fill out certain surveys like a like first a survey when you bought the game and then a survey after you've played it for a certain amount of time. As you took these surveys, you, you got points, uh, and then you could use the points to exchange for actual physical rewards that they would ship to you. Uh, and there was a lot of really cool rewards, and I think it was something that a lot of Nintendo fans did not actually participate on. I remember like a lot of the people I knew, like nobody was really doing it, but I I was doing it. I was too. Uh, and the, well, by the way, and I got a, before you say anything, mm -hmm. the one thing I hated is that as Club Nintendo went on, they stopped doing physical rewards and started going to digital yes. rewards. Those eventually they transitioned and you know there's i i didn't get too many cool things but you know i got the zelda poster that is uh in the back there but you can't see it right now because of my camera angle uh that i got from club nintendo i have this little uh nintendo 3ds case uh where i can't keep a lot of my uh you know 3ds and ds games in there Damn. and i got this from club nintendo as well you can see the little like club nintendo icon over there um now this one, that's the thing. I have thing. I can't remember necessarily what I got from there, but I believe this was also something. Yes. Oh uh, my god. Yeah. I fucking hate you, man. I didn't have enough <laughs> points to get that. That was like when they were closing down Club Nintendo. Oh, when they were closing it down, yeah. they were like, "All right, everyone, spend your points, and here's an expensive item." And then that was it. Oh god, you should have kept the original packaging. The box is so good. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's it was so long I ago. I don't, you. I don't even know what I was doing then. But, uh, yeah, this collects dust a lot, and it's honestly, it's not the best quality figure. Uh, like I think actually Peach looks pretty goofy in it, but um, it's it's pretty nice. Uh, for those that are listening, it is basically this this one collective figure that includes a bunch of the Mario characters. It has Bowser, Peach, Mario, Yoshi, Luigi, a Goomba, and Toad. Uh, and it's a pretty neat little thing I got. And then I also was, I have these two soundtrack CDs and I don't remember if I got them from Club Nintendo or not. So maybe you can help me with this. So there's like so, a Smash 4 soundtrack and a Ocarina of Time soundtrack. I don't remember where I got those. The Smash, so uh, I was wondering. The Smash 4 soundtrack is in fact Club Nintendo. That's like, it was like a pre, you had to get 3DS and Smash 4 Wii U together in order to get it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and, and unfortunately this one, like the, 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 the case is damaged. I don't know what happened probably while I was moving, you know, I've moved like, you know, five times just over the last few years. Um, I have it and I have it and it's still in the shrink wrap and it's in mint condition. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you're a better collector than me, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, so these are some of the club Nintendo rewards that, that I got over the years. God, um, I'm so jealous. By the way, that statue, like the box it came in was a question mark block. So it mm -hmm. also doubles as a base, so you can put it on the you can put it on the question mark block. It was uh, <sighs> it's kind of like a, know, it's Lewis, a good presentation. You have to understand that I am super fucking pissed right now. You're, Jelly. I, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you something. I am not certain because my memory is terrible, but there is a chance that I did not actually get this in Club Nintendo, but I actually bought it from somebody who did. Ah, yeah. So that could be why I don't have the box because I feel like I would have kept it. But I don't know. So maybe that's why. So maybe that's why. I bought this second hand off of like Club Nintendo as well. Uh, like this is a Club Nintendo exclusive uh, games uh, that they released uh, only to okay. members. Uh, like I said, remember I told you, I said I wanted like Ike, you know, to stand next to his, you know, games, you know, 
And so mm-hmm. I needed a, I needed Game and Watch games, and I'm like, and I started looking into it. There were some Game and Watch games for the Game Boy, but they were like remakes with Mario skins on them. So I wanted the true, authentic like Game and Watch experience, right? Like I can't yes. like go out there and find an actual Game and Watch handheld from the like the 80s and stuff like that, because you know they're old. So I found uh, these Game and Watch recreations that were sold exclusively to, or not sold, but like given out to you know as rewards two uh club nintendo uh loyal fans and it's called the game and watch collection for the nintendo ds yes i remember that as you can see it's got the little uh club nintendo like logo over uh, yeah i think that was one of those things that i kept considering like that i kept like wanting to get but either i you know i kept not getting the coins or when i did i decided to go for something else or whatever but i remember that popping up on the site yes yeah and it's the actual like game and watch like the the actual games were recreated with the black and you know like the whole like stop motion thing and i got it twice over see there's a sec there's a volume two collection mm-hmm. and it has more games and like you can basically even like uh mr game and watches uh final smash you know so oh yes um, Pretty neat. the octopus and stuff like that so yeah like i said i wanted to have uh i wanted to have like a little bit of everything for every character so like if somebody were to come and play Smash in my house and they don't know who Game & Watch is or who the fuck, where does he come from, and, you know, I can just, you know, give him my 3DS, right. pop this bitch in, and, you know, it's a DS game, it's backwards compatible, and I can just show him a little, get a, a little bit of video game history, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I'm going to do a bunch in one now because I just want to have a little, a little moment to show appreciation for steel cases. Um because I very much like my steel cases and before like, you do this I have okay. to ask you what is your opinion on steel cases because here's the thing I hate mm-hmm. them and you know why why because they're not the same fucking size as everything else on the bookshelf and they don't go well together that's a good point point. and the other thing too is a lot of times you get if you get the you can either get a game with the steel case right sometimes it's a special edition or whatever but sometimes you get the game and then you get the steel case separate and then I, you end up having like you know, I, I never know what to do. Like, I'll put the, I'll take the disc out of the regular box into the steel case, but then what do I do with the regular box? I usually just end up with both next to each other in the bookshelf. And um, there was a, but regardless, there was a Blu-ray that I bought one time, and it was a steel case, and I literally had to buy the Blu-ray again as a regular just to get rid of the steel case because I hated <laughs> it. Yeah. All right. Well, I I like them. Uh, so I'm gonna go through some of the ones I have right now. So, uh, first, this is the steel case for Catherine Full Body on the PS4. Um, I think this is pretty nice. It comes out of the plastic like this and it has some nice art and everything. Um, so just showing that out. Uh, this is just the version of, uh, Catherine that I, that I bought and the version that I played first. Um, this one I think I got from Leah. Uh, it is a steel case for Resident Evil Village. Um, I have the game in there. Uh, this I will get to later. Uh, we got Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I also got on a steel case edition. So I got the steel case right here, showing everything to the camera. Uh, nothing particularly special about any of those, I think. But there's just, um, I just wanted to share, you know, my little steel case collection. I will say, Mass Effect. I will say, there was, uh, there only sma- uh, the only steel case that I ever thought was sexy as fuck was the steel case for Smash 4. Uh, that was the only one. I don't know if I've seen that one. Um, it was um, like like Mario and like Pikachu like very big and it was awesome like yeah but anyways go on uh, this I bought used uh, for the collection but it's the Mass Effect trilogy release for the Xbox 360 and it's just kind of neat it's not exactly a steel case but it it opens up 
it opens up like that and it just has like a bunch of discs holy and crap i just kind of like having stuff like that that just kind of looks a little bit more special um than like just your average like oh like here's the disc in a box kind of thing um and then you know the one story i'm gonna tell here i, I don't want to prolong this too much longer i got nino kuni 2 in a steel case but this one I didn't pay for, and this one I actually had the steel case without having the game for the longest time. Because I went to an E3, I don't remember which E3 this was, it might have been like 2019 or something, 2018, I don't know. And they were showing Nino Kuni 2, and I got to stay in line and play the game. And then after playing the game, they were giving everybody who played the game this steel case. Which I think is kind of works as an extra motivation for people to buy the game. Oh, right? that's so, like a backdoor. Like you need to buy this game. You can't. You gotta. Yeah, OCD exactly. This bitch. Like oh. So my God. I actually had the steel case like on my shelf for like two or three years without the game, and then eventually I just said, you know what? How much is you know I can get Nino Kuni two for like twenty bucks right now. So let me just go and get it, so I can put it in there. So you know oh now God. I actually got to uh, have the game in there and everything. They got you. Um. So yeah. They got me. The marketing, the marketing did in fact work. No, no, no. I did buy the game. It would have been a big fuck you if you bought it like twenty dollars used, and then that's like where they don't <laughs> see any of it. Like, then you really yeah. Can, I, yeah. I don't think I bought it. No, I didn't. I didn't buy it used. Um, I just you know those some of those PS4 games get cheap after a while. Yeah. And then let's see what this guy is. I think this is kind of similar. This is Bioshock. The discs are falling off here. This is another similar one to that uh, Mass Effect one where it just kind of opens up and you got multiple discs in um so this is for bioshock one and two um and it also comes in a nice box and stuff but i feel like i've been going for a while Louis. so why don't you uh i, don't, I just realized don't i don't think i actually own thing. any steel boxes i think the only ones i own the only one i can think of and that i might be a steel a steel case is uh is like the the, the tomb raider ps4 like the one that was an xbox one exclusive for a year because when they right, really released right, right. it, it was only... Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider was only in that special, like, 20th anniversary celebration edition or whatever. They might have been yeah. a steel case. I mean, if you don't like them, it, <laughs> there's no reason to uh, to get them, you know? Yeah. So. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just stunt right now. So, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I don't know how to feel about this here. I bought these games before they were re-released on, like, the PS4 as part of, like, the, the Legacy Collection. And so I almost kind of feel like slighted in the sense that these things right here, uh, this is <laughs> Mega Man 2, 3, and 4 on NES, complete in box. And like I have like these protective shield, clear plastic thingies to like keep their mintiness, right? But here's the thing. So like the farther the Mega Mans go, like 5 and 6, there was less print runs of them, right? They were towards, they were even during the Super Nintendo life cycles. There was even less of them. So I don't have 5 and 6. So the legacy, the legacy collection is good in the sense that it makes them available to the masses, right? You can play it on Switch, right. you can play it on PS4, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, do I even need these? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only slight I feel about it. But I will say with uh, Mega Man 2, specifically this game, uh, I went to a convention where Keiji Inafune was at, and I had him autograph the game. So the game cartridge inside is autographed by Keiji Inafune. So, oh wow yes that's freaking awesome that is that is probably one of the most valuable things you have i bet well i don't get it i don't fucking i know yeah. that you don't know i, don't, you I don't mean care, yeah like but, i said it's yeah. probably true but i never bothered to look it up so 
Right. I don't like. I wouldn't like post this on eBay just to find out how much people would take. You know what I mean? I'd be like, psych. Dang, I just wanted to know no. how much you're willing to buy. I'm not gonna sell it to you. Fuck you. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna show you then a game that I own that I you know I just bought it because you know it's a game I wanted to play when it came out. Uh, but that I learned recently that is actually very valuable nowadays um, compared to you know when I when I just bought it new. Uh, and it's Pokemon Heart Gold on the Nintendo DS, and I I have I have it like fully boxed. I mean, it's not in the most pristine state, because um, I am not as good a collector as Lewis is. But it does include everything it came with. So this was the version that had the Poke Walker and and everything. I have uh, so everything is still in here. Yeah, I bet you do. Um, and I think you know I just bought it around. I, I don't I don't know if it was like around the time it came out or like a year later, a few years later. You know I didn't really follow games that closely then, so uh, I just remember that I had I hadn't played Pokemon in years. You know since I had a Game Boy, and so I was like, well you know I got a DS now. I want to play a Pokemon game, and then I just went and bought it. And when I was probably spent like forty bucks or whatever, and then when I was looking into you know, the value of my, my games and my collection recently, then I found out that this thing in the box with everything that it comes with, the Pokewalker edition and everything, it's like 300 bucks now. So um, probably one of the more valuable uh, things that I have. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's just the DS game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's nothing particularly crazy about it, but you know, it's a great game. So, you know, the thing is like with people that are gen oneers, they're also tend to be gen twoers as well. Like, the right. heart gold is like one of like probably the best pokemon that's like nostalgia it's like it's like that perfect kit of nostalgia plus a little bit of kind of modern now because you know the ds is you know compatible with like the future games and stuff um i think that it was it's just like the game that any po any pokemon fan what they're worth their salt would fiend for and yeah. uh the poke walker at the time when it first came out was like one of the most accurate pedometers at the time because this is bef this is like 05 ish or whatever this is before like you know iPhones that had the pedometer built in so it was so it was super accurate and like they used that same technology in the Wii U for the Wii Fit meter the exact same pedometer oh interesting yeah interesting all right i'm going to go ahead and just show off a couple of quick uh, rare games here i don't own uh, i hope i hardly own any dreamcast games and i kind of want to build up my dreamcast collection but the two dreamcast games are some of the Dreamcast games that I do own just happen to be rare as fuck and even kind of rare to this day, kind of sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of. And that's uh, Marvel vs. Capcom and Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Now, here's the thing. MVC, you know, it's a, it's a series that everyone knows. It's very popular. But here's the thing. There's constant licensing issues with, with Marvel and Capcom to the point where, mm -hmm. like, when these games even got re-released on the PS4 store or whatever digitally, like, they were only available for, like, a limited time before they got taken down. I honestly don't even know if they're even available on the store digitally even right now to this day. Like, they could be get, they could have been taken down. Who, who the fuck knows? Because I don't keep up with that. Uh, but I just wanted to say that um, uh, they don't, they haven't even gone out of their way to re-release the arcade cabinets. Like, you know how, like, there's arcade one-up and stuff, and, like, they don't, They've done like re-releases of Street Fighters. They've even done re-releases of games in this series, in like the you know Street Fighter versus X-Men kind of shit. But they've never actually done MVC cabinets, and I think hmm. there's a licensing issue. That's what I think. But uh, maybe now that you know Disney owns all of Marvel because they bought Fox and everything like that, maybe there won't be an issue anymore. Because when MVCI came out, you know Wolverine wasn't in the roster, you know that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to say like these games, even with re-releases and stuff like that these games are still considered very valuable. Like, 
very like even like low print runs and stuff like that especially for the dreamcast which was a, not a commercially successful system so i'm glad i happen to have these games so nice yeah i'm gonna go back to toys a little bit so uh you showed your some of your amiibos earlier and i got a few amiibos of my own um but not as many as you uh but i bet and i could be wrong but i bet you don't have these things which this was a, a different line of figures that I feel like we're kind of trying to feed off of the Amiibo craze a little bit. Yeah. And I think they were made by GameStop. I don't remember what they were called, actually. I think... There we go. It's Totaku is what they were called. Uh, and they're based on non-Nintendo you know, video game characters. So I got Aloy over here from Horizon Zero Dawn, oh of course. And uh, Forbidden West coming up. I got... Kratos, and this is the design of Kratos from uh, the newest uh, God of War. Holy crap. Um, I got Crash Bandicoot, and two more I got here to show. I got Lara Croft from Tomb Raider, and I got Spyro the Dragon. So the cool thing about these is that they're, you know, they don't have the kind of NFC technology or anything like that like Amiibo do, but similar to Amiibo, they kind of have like a bit of a consistent design and style to them that makes them kind of go together. And, but they were never as popular as Amiibo were. So when I bought these figures, they were selling them for like three, four, five dollars a piece on the GameStop website. So I just went and I spent like 25 bucks or something and I got all of those. They had others too. I just didn't want to buy characters from games that I don't care for or don't play. Uh, so I just kind of stuck with like, you know, like, well, I like Sony. I, I grew up playing Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. I like God of War, you know, Horizon. I, I, I didn't, I hadn't played yet, but I, you know, I knew it was probably something I'd be into and I'm a big Tomb Raider fan. So it's kind of made sense. You know, what's kind of crazy is like, that's, that, those, well, the thing about figurines, especially with the Amiibo, like one of the things that made it so that I started getting addicted is like the more of them you put together, the nicer they look together. And it just yes. beckons you to get more and more. And yes, I will yes, say yes. those look pretty dope. And uh, the only thing that uh, other than the NFC technology, which kind of makes sense because, you know, there's no games to be compatible with it. Yeah. But the thing that bothers me is that they and I think it's it's like it's like a double edged sword. It looks cool, but it's also like, you know, weird is that they're all like mm -hmm. crosses like they're all d-pads on the bottom yeah true uh like I, yeah it makes sense like you know from a video game oh it's a d-pad you know but it also it's not like a circular base you know i think they just wanted to be different from the amiibo and that's why they didn't do a circular base but i agree that they would probably be better and the other thing too that is actually kind of cool is that they each do have like their bases are all in the same shape but they do have like different textures and uh visuals to their bases uh, that I think are supposed to, you know, kind of look like, you know, reminisce a little bit of the style of the game and stuff. So, uh, and these figures, honestly, like, I think they originally released for like, you know, eleven ninety nine or whatever the same price Amiibos uh, were. And then they just dropped in price when they weren't selling and GameStop was trying to get rid of them. That's why I got them for so cheap. Uh, but for the price, I definitely think those figures are pretty good quality. Um, like, they're not, uh, they're pretty decent representations of the characters and they look pretty decent in a, in a shelf so nice yeah your turn Lewis. all right uh so let's go with this one um i um i had bought i had a i had a playstation one it was like my first true first ever console that was given to me as a christmas present um 
and it was you know, a console to call my own, but the thing is, like, my parents never bought games for it. Like, it was like, you know, oh, you got a PlayStation, haha, <laughs> you know, that's it. Like, you know, they, mm-hmm. they don't ever, like, birthdays come around, Christmas has come around, I don't get, I don't get supplied with new games. Uh, the PlayStation came with a, a demo disc, and in the demo disc, there was, like, 12 different games you can play. You can play full levels of stuff, you know, you can, I played, like, the first 10 minutes of Metal Gear Solid on it, you know, that, that kind of stuff. One of the games was a JRPG called Brave Fencer Musashi. And oh, I've heard it's of that. It's a it's a it's a gem of a game on the PlayStation. Uh, you know, I played it. I actually liked it. I thought the voice acting was cute as hell. Like it was really awesome. He's like, it may be bad if I go back and listen to it, but in my memory, it's good, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So it's really cool action sequences, and I didn't even know what an RPG was. It just felt like a fun adventure game with action and stuff like that. Um, pretty sure it's clunky by today's standards. Uh, but like, again, like my little 10 year old self, whatever, playing the game, playing that same demo on repeat, by the way, like, again, I fucking played that demo disc to the point where it was unreadable because the, the, the game is like, you know, played so much. Mm-hmm. So I was at a video game store, the same store that I took you to when you were here in Texas, uh, movie trading company. And the, uh, this, this game was there like on sale for like hundred dollars. And I had like this $25 or 25% off coupon. So I was able to get this game for 75 bucks. And here's the thing. I thought a hundred dollars was fair, but the thing is what I didn't know when I bought this game and I went to checkout is the guy at the cash register telling me, Oh, look at that. You found this game sealed. And I'm like, what? And then I'm like, yeah, look at it. And I like, and I saw like, like I went back and saw that there's this lamination. Oh, wow. It's this, this, uh. This uh, lamination right here, it's the actual official, like, seal of the original print run. So this game hasn't even been opened, like, ever in its entirety. And I bought the game because it said used on it, right? It didn't say new. It said used. But the thing is, it's an old game, so it has to be classified under used. And I didn't know that. And I bought the game with the intention of playing it. And so when I I was cashing out and checking out at the cash register, I was thinking to myself, fuck... I'm buying a game that I can't play. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, if I were to open it, I would devalue it, you know? And right. this game is still in pristine condition. Like it's still got the it's still got the tab, like uh like the little retail tab right here where you can hang it up on like a on a on a little clothesline stuff. That's crazy. But this is the actual like real deal like PlayStation uh like straight up. What well, um can you say the full name of that game, game it's again? It's called uh, Brave Fencer Musashi. So F-E-N-C-E-R Musashi is M-U-S-A-S-H-I. You're looking it up on eBay right now to see how much a new uh, sealed copy would go for, huh? I, I'm looking on uh, price chart, um, price charting, which is not always super accurate, Um but price charting has the new price at two hundred and ninety-four dollars. Holy! But I think fuck. You know what? I bet that that would be like, depending on condition. You know, like I feel like yours looks like in such a good condition that you maybe you could get even more for that. Holy shit! <laughs> and yeah. I got it for sale. Like I got it on a on a sale for seventy-five dollars. And like literally, I thought that was a fair price for a, an open copy by that by that time. Like I straight up didn't even notice. I was like, oh, that game. I want that game. It's like the game from my childhood, right? Um, and like this game, I haven't never, I never been able. I've been to movie trading company a lot. This this game is not in stock like ever in at movie trading company. So uh, this is the only time I've ever saw it in stock, and I and I scooped it up. And yeah, I'm, I got this bitch. That's that's awesome. And this isn't even um, my best, uh, most valuable game. I still have <laughs> saved the best for last. 
So we uh we're hitting an hour right now, Lewis. Do you, how many rounds more do you wanna do you wanna do? I have three more left. Three more rounds. I have three more left on the podcast. Okay. Okay. So I think I wanna do. Okay, let's do three more rounds. But then I might wanna do like a quick rapid fire, just like the rest of the stuff that I if I have more than okay. that. Um. So let's see what I'm gonna do here. Sorry. Um. You know what? I'm gonna do this. Um. This is not like a super big deal, uh, but it's a new thing and I just kind of want to show it off. So I got this for Christmas <laughs> from somebody in my family. Um, I think it was my sister. You know, I feel bad that I don't remember. I got, you know, you get gifts from everybody and I don't, I can't keep track exactly sometimes of who gave me what. Uh, but this is the uh, Lego Mario set. Uh, this is the Luigi one specifically. Um, and I haven't really played with it yet, but I opened it and I started messing with it. Uh, so this, you know, it, it comes with this little Luigi toy. We covered this in the podcast before, by the way. Um, and you need to put batteries in it, and I haven't done that yet. Uh, and then you use an app, and you build things, and you can actually play and, like, have the toy interact with the objects that you build. And, you know, basically play a video game uh, in real life and kind of see the, yeah, the results and the score and things like, like that. Like a stage, yeah. Yeah like in the app so i think it's a pretty neat toy um it's not exactly something like for me per se it's more of like a something for kids but i think my family knows i'm a kid at heart so that they knew i was going to appreciate this and i did and i do want to play more with it i just want to do a shout out though because because i haven't put batteries in this yet i just love how luigi looks (laughs) without the batteries with just these dead black eyes it makes me think Yeah. yeah it makes me think of um when Luigi gets murdered and like, there's like the Smash Brothers uh, trailer where he gets like, I don't even Smash remember Ultimate. who murders him. Uh, it was like the yeah. Reaper from uh, Castlevania. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I was thinking of like yeah, uh, the uh, Luigi's Mansion because in some of the game over screens he gets like, you know, he dies, you know, from, you know, being scared or something from the ghosts. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and you know what, I'm, I'm just going to say a few other things here because um, I did end up grabbing so much stuff uh before i give it back to you um uh, this is a ps3 game named uh folklore that i bought for my collection uh and it's, and it's probably one of the more like rare ish ps3 games um in general that generation doesn't have a lot of really rare games yet uh but this was one that was kind of like getting there you know it's it was one of the early ps3 games uh, this was um a playstation exclusive uh, it's an RPG. Uh, it's actually pretty neat. I, I played it for a little bit, and it was kind of interesting. It's hard to go back and play like an early PS3 game in 2021, but uh, I tried it for a bit in school, and I'm happy that I was able to get it because um, price has been going up for this game, and it's probably going to be one of those games where like 10 years from now it's going to be worth a lot, even though I probably won't sell it. Um, and another PS3 game whose price is also going up is the Legacy Collection for Metal Gear Solid. Oh. And... I grabbed this one, too, because I wanted to show kind of the treatment that I'm giving the games in my collection. I haven't done it to this yet, so this is pretty much how I got it. Uh, but for the game, I'm, I'm doing this thing where I am cleaning all my games and I am removing any kind of, like, stickers or anything like that. In some cases, yeah. Lewis approves. Um, yes. And, and just kind of trying to get them as nice as I can. And then I'm putting this, like, plastic wrap around them so you can kind of see... Like, this Metal Gear Solid Collection one has kind of gotten my uh, my treatment. Yeah. Um, just kind of wanted to, uh, I hate to showcase that. I buying used games with those GameStop stickers because those GameStop yes. stickers have, like, they have, like, the strong adhesive that leaves a sticky residue. It's and, it's hard to get it out, paper. man. There's some techniques, yeah. but, yeah. Uh, like, you have to buy, yeah, like, a solution to, like, cleanly remove it or wipe it off. Uh, 
a hair like blow dryer can help you just kind of blow it with like a warm air as you and you're like you you let it blow for a little bit and then you start pulling it out like slowly and in some cases it helps to get the sticker out cleanly that's what she said (laughs) all right all right what's your next thing louis all right so i have i think i have a couple of bootlegs in my collection now i couldn't find them all uh for like preparation you know so i found one of my bootlegs um and I think that it's actually kind of awesome because it's actually video game history here. Uh, so I was at a I was at a game convention and people sell bootleg ROMs uh, in in the you know at the at the vendor booths. And uh, this particular one is a Super Nintendo game, and it's called um, the Legend uh, the Ultimate Zelda Collection, featuring uh, the ancient stone tablets. And do you know what the ancient stone tablets are? No idea. So. Um, Nintendo did this uh, satellite broadcast thing of a Zelda game that Brian Altano played on the IGN. Oh, I've heard about like, that. They, they re- I've heard about it on the IGN yeah, podcast. They, they reconstructed yes. it, right? They reconstructed the ROM based off of like some somebody had in Japan who had a cart that was still not rewritten over or whatever Ooh, because they so did it cool. in parts. And so it has it in here as well. So it's like a ROM of multiple like games, and I think there's like uh there's a link to the past in here there's a, a link to the past like uh a hack like a think like um you know how like ocarina of time had uh that second quest like master quest so like there's a master mm-hmm. quest game in here and there's the stone tablets thing so it's like you have like a lot of different choices in here and so you get to play a little bit of that video game history stuff that we talked about nice. as well as like a cool new like legend of zelda game that's been created you know it's a completely brand new adventure master quest style uh so yeah it's uh this is kind of kind of like an interesting like little bootleg there's a lot of bootlegs out there for especially for uh, for super nintendo and i think it's yeah. worth exploring you know there there are also those ds cartridges back in the day that just had like you know 200 games in the cartridge or whatever the <laughs> hell you know i remember when that was the thing that uh people were into and whatnot um all right, so what I'm going to show next is uh, this thing I bought. I think I talked about it in the podcast when I bought it. I don't remember if I showed it, but this is the Fire Emblem um, 30 years. You know, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light 30 years uh, special release that uh, Nintendo wow. did for the Switch. Um, and they actually, this was cheap. They actually put this out for like 60 bucks or something. Um, and considering, um, you know, what it is, I, I thought that was a pretty good price and I wanted to buy it as a collectible. I like Fire Emblem, so it made sense. And, and I guess I could do a little bit of an unboxing here. I think I, I think it's fine if we hit like 90 minutes in the segment or close yeah, to Don't it desecrate it, man. If it's sealed, it's <laughs> sealed. No, I've, it's, I've, I've done this already, ah. so I don't, I don't do that. I, uh, <laughs> I like, I like touching my things. You know? <laughs> and that's what she said. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it, it has this really cool book uh, that, that comes in here. So it's like a nice art book with a bunch of stuff um, from the game. Um, and then it also has, I already had this out, but it has this little box uh, that I think is mimicking the like the box art for the original game. Um, and then if you open it, let's see what we got here. You got this thing, which I don't know how to describe it. It's but it's basically it's like a rip a, a, a replica of like the NES cartridge with like the little uh, box art or sticker art. Yes. Damn. Yes, exactly that. Um, and then it has like some nice little like booklets and stuff like Holy that. Holy shit! Um, you know, and it has a disc I, for the game as well. I gotta say, by the yeah. way, like those assets 
those aren't like easy to come by, you know. The thing is, when it comes to like those stickers and stuff like that, and like the, that art, you know, those things aren't, you know, a lot of those things have to be like scanned in on, on a printer kind of stuff like that. They're like low res images. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is, that's high quality images right there. That's like that's the shiz right there. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, yeah, this is just a neat little special edition thing that is kind of recent, but that you know, I I wanted to get. Uh, and I'm pretty happy I did, and I'll give it back to you. You know, I just remembered that I, I have something, uh, that I completely forgot to get, but it's on a bookshelf, like, back there, so I'm gonna get that, but <laughs> I'm gonna, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go again, but then I'm gonna get those books while you take your turn. Okay, uh, all right. But this is a quick one here. I talked about the Mega Man Legacy Collection. Um, I ended up buying it a second time on the 3DS, only because of the Amiibo. So oh, this thing yeah. is still uh, sealed, as you can tell from this plastic uh, ream right here. I have not opened it. It is the Golden Mega Man inside. Honestly, to tell you the truth, this uh, Golden Mega Man completely, utterly useless. Here's the thing: the it's not like a, <laughs> it's not like a uh, the amiibo uh, uh, programming inside. It registers as a regular Mega Man amiibo, like non-painted. There's no special thing about it. The only thing that's cool about it right. is just the aesthetic. So. I right. got it just for the sake of having it, but I haven't uh, unboxed it. So, yeah. All right. So, I'm struggling to put the stuff back in the box here, so I'm just going to put it to the side and I'll deal with it later. All right. Um, BRB. Because everything just kind of connects directly. All right. So, uh, while Lewis is gone, I'm going to rapid fire some other random things I have here for everybody that's watching uh and then maybe lewis can uh, can look at it later um i got when i got a 3ds uh, my parents got it for me as a gift and then uh, my dad bought me a game and i talked about this in the show but there weren't there wasn't a lot out for the 3ds at the time my dad was like oh he likes soccer games which i do and so he bought me pro evolution soccer 2011 on the 3ds and i just think it's kind of neat that i have it because like you know it was a Okay, it was like, it was a PES game on the 3DS, so, you know, you can imagine what it is. Uh, but this is, like, back in the beginning of the 3DS era where they were doing a lot of, like, weird, like, covers where, you know, you had... I don't know how to describe it this, but they basically had, like, the kind of 3D cover where you can, like, move it around and it moves the image and stuff. So you showed that before I thought on that a previous kinda... video episode. Did I really? Yes. Okay. Well, I didn't remember it. Um, but then talking about 3DS... You know, this is something that the 3DS came with, which uh, Louis knows. AR cards. Uh, yeah, the 3DS was doing some fun stuff with uh, with AR. Um, so I got my AR cards here that, that came with the 3DS. But then I also have these extra AR cards, uh, which were from Kid Icarus Uprising as well. Yep. Uh, and I just kind of keep them, keep them together. Um, I also got some of the Animal Crossing ones, I think, that we used for... Um, we we uh we actually have them separated as well because we used them on uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons to get extra villagers or whatever. Um, and then one more thing I wanted to show is that I have a lot of books um, that are either about games in general or about game development because I work in game development. So just kind of as an example, I wanted to show uh, a game design book. This is uh, Game Design Theory and Practice, 2nd Edition by Richard Rouse, 3rd. Uh, this was one of the books that I used when I was going to college for game development, but I have literally like 30 books like this. About, most of them actually about programming and not design. Um, but as far as like stories about games, my favorite book so far has been Masters of Doom. 
And this is the story of John Romero, John Carmack, Tom Hall, and other folks, and how they basically created the first, you know, big FPS, the first FPS franchise, and, uh, you know, the first big sensation uh, in computer games. And it's just a really cool story. Uh, I really like the story. I find it very motivational. And I think this is a pretty well-written book and one that everybody should read. So wanted to give that a shout-out as well. All right, my turn? Yep. All right, so two more turns here because I completely forgot about these stuff that I, that I t- went to go get. Yeah. So here's the thing. We'll do it. I, this turn is all my books, all right? I I never – I completely forgot that I own video game books. And here's the thing. I don't buy video game books. But uh, the first time when I, I was compelled to buy a book was Hyrule Historia. Yes, uh, I have that too. It was the first – It's awesome. It was the first ever, uh, um, like, acknowledgement of a timeline. You know the sacred yes, timeline or whatever true. the fuck. You know that 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 Nintendo constantly constantly retcons, right? Um, there is even even when reading the book, it even tells you in like in like a, a very like poetic language that we can retcon it. You know, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, this is the current legend as we know it, but you know more legends will come. You know that kind of shit. You know. Yeah. But. And and the truth is like people already had all these theories about what the Zelda timeline was, and I feel like Nintendo just kind of picked one of those theories and decided to make it official. You know what I mean? Like, I doubt that Nintendo actually planned all these things. I think it was really yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, Hyrule Historia. Uh, they've actually reordered some of the games uh, since as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyways, there- uh, so yeah, I got. I also went ahead and bought a Breath of the Wild art book. Yes, that's the only one I'm missing actually, because there's like um there there's a bu- there's like four major Zelda books I think that are hardcover like that. There's like a blue one and the red one, and I have I have the green, blue, and red, but I'm missing the Breath of the Wild book. Yeah, and then I bought uh, a Mario Encyclopedia. Nice. Uh, it's a it's basically I've a, never it's seen basically that one. an art book again, uh, nothing like major. Uh, so yeah, there's that, and then uh, lastly, guides. I have a bunch of Pokemon. Like when I was big into Pokemon, I have a Pokedexes, like actual, like nice. real, like full-on, like Pokedexes that would tell you like type advantage and all that stuff. It would give me like every single individual Pokemon, like every possible move that they could possibly learn. Uh, every like <laughs> their IV, their damages, how to catch them, how to evolve them, what level, like all this. It literally is like uh, it was our go-to. Like here's the thing. The internet has ruined Pokedexes because you don't need a uh, Pokedex anymore. But the thing is, one thing that I will say that I like about the, having a book, even during the internet age, is that you can quickly flip through a page, like very quickly. And mm-hmm. just like, there's an index that can help you find everything you need. Um, so yeah, it's not, has it, it hasn't quite like been made archaic, but you know, it's, it's kind of like, I haven't bought a Pokedex since Gen 5. Let's just put it that way. Right, right. Um, um. There's less of a reason to get those types of things nowadays, right? It's more of a... It really has become more of, like, just collector items than, than anything Yeah, than else. utility, yeah. And finally, yeah. Uh, my last... Uh, my creme de la creme is I am a big Super Smash Brothers uh, fan. So I went out of my way to find every... Wait a second. Is this your final item off no, the no. night? Oh, okay. Cool. No, this is my final item of the books. Okay. Uh, I went out of my way to find every single strategy guide straight up for Super Smash Brothers. So I got the official uh, Prima Guide <laughs> Smash 64, the official Prima Guide Melee, the official nice. Prima Guide Brawl that's still sealed. Wow. Uh, I, yeah. And then there's also, these are paperbacks, by the way. And then this one, these next two 
are hardcover. So the Smash 4 and finally uh, Smash Ultimate. It is These books are heavy as fuck. Dang. Yeah. That Smash Ultimate one looks sexy as <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Well, no, I think the Smash 4 looks fire. <laughs> I mean, they both, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, I like the pun there. They both look, they both look really cool. Yeah, I like the hardcover ones the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see what I'm going to do next year. So, I guess, um, I can't remember now, actually, Liz, if you, if you have these as well, but I'm pretty sure you do because I would be surprised if you didn't. And I think we talked about them. I think you did. Um, so I have three mini consoles, including the NES Classic, uh -huh. as well as the SNES Classic, right. but then I also have the Bastard Child, the PlayStation Classic. Holy shit. Which a lot of people shit yeah, on. Yeah, I didn't even buy it, even he, when it was discounted to 50% off. I didn't get it. Here's the thing. This thing, at some point, became so yeah. cheap. That I said, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll spend the 20 bucks or whatever and I'll get it. Because I, I think the biggest problem with the PlayStation Classic and the reason why it got so much flack... The emulation Was sucked. that it was so expensive. Like, I mean, I know I know the issues, but it was the fact that it was 100 bucks. Yes. So it, it came out at 100 bucks, and for what it was, it was just simply not worth 100 bucks. But, you know, once it kept getting discounted, I feel like at some point it's like... Fine. All right, you know, fine. It's like... That is, it's probably, yeah, it's probably worth 20 bucks, I have, <laughs> you know? So. I have three mini consoles, the NES, the Super NES, and the Sega Genesis. The, yes, yeah. yes, yes. But I will say this. the the There was a YouTube video that I saw where, like, the NES Classic and the Super NES Classic, there was way more headroom. Like, there was way more processing power than it was necessary for those ROMs. Like, they were over, mm -hmm. they overdid it with the engineering, right? And so somebody hacked the Super Nintendo Classic on YouTube, right? And they showed the uh, they showed the PlayStation ROMs running on the Super Nintendo Classic, and it was doing a better job of emulating them because of how much horsepower was in those mm -hmm. in those uh, those those circuit boards. So just right. throwing that out there. Um, before I, because you have one final thing now, yep. right? Okay, so. Should I should I wrap up all my stuff now and then let you do the final? Sure, yeah. So I have smaller things now mostly. Um, so I got this nice PlayStation mug, oh, which I think is pretty that's neat. That's awesome. The 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 PlayStation like the the handle of the mug looks like the PlayStation controller. Um, and I haven't I haven't actually drank out of it. I also got this as a gift. Uh, I've only used it just kind of as a decoration piece. Um, yeah, I would so be afraid I, I have, of like breaking that handle. Yeah, same, same, same. Um, I got a Gears of War limited collector's edition. This comes in a little metal box, um, and it's kind of neat. Um, it has a lot of things in here, but um, I don't know if I want to go through it right now, but um, just like little art books and, and pins and stuff like that. Um, and let me look around. All right, so I have so much random stuff um, that I could have. Uh, picked. Um, I go to conventions a lot, and I've talked about going to GDC a few times in the podcast. Uh, when you go to conventions, you get a lot of swag, right, of all sorts of different types. Um, and I, I didn't even want to go through the trouble of finding those because I have so much shit that's just like in drawers or whatever somewhere. Um, but one thing that I was able to find pretty quickly is that in one of the latest um, GDCs that I went to, or 
latest. I think this was 2018 GDC. I I uh I was able to get to go to this Crystal Dynamics networking event that was being hosted when Crystal Dynamics was turning 25 years. Uh, and I got some pretty nice swag from that event. Um, I got a t-shirt that you might've seen me wearing in the podcast before that says Crystal Dynamics on it. And I also got this cool little Crystal Dynamics 25 years notebook, um, which I think I've written on. Yeah, I actually use this as like my notebook at work uh, for like a year until I filled it out. Cause I, I took notes like every day I work on like meetings and stuff. And every time I was in a meeting, my coworkers, me working in the games industry for a game company that is not Crystal Dynamics, they would often go, especially when I was meeting somebody for the first time or whatever, talking to them for the first time. Oh, so you worked at Crystal Dynamics before? And I had to go, no, I'm just the fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's kind of the funny thing about it. It's like when you work in the industry, people just kind of expect that, you know, if you have any kind of swag that you actually work there and not that you're a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, so I'll leave it here for now. I'll give it to you, and then I'll do one final big thing. All right. You oh, you saved your okay. best for last. I thought you I thought you blew your load yeah. here. Nah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. It's something that I've showed before, I think. So maybe maybe it's not the best. All right. So really really yeah. quick, by the way, I forgot to mention when I talked about the Smash Ultimate uh, book, uh, Prima as a company, I think they went bankrupt. So I think this might have been the last book they produced. Oh wow. I think. Yeah, I think I remember we covered that in the in the podcast. So I'm glad I managed to get that out of them before they before they went belly under. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, my final thing is I believe to be my most valuable item. Like I paid. Okay. Uh, hmm, I'm gonna just go ahead and put it out there. All right. At the time when I bought it, I paid six hundred dollars for it. Oh wow. Uh, oh, I know what this is. I know what this is. Ah, bitch. But the audience doesn't. Ah, bitch. So let's go. Okay, I was hoping to keep You've it. You've told me about this before. Uh, so yeah. I don't know if it held value. Like, I don't know if it's uh, gone up in value since. You know what I mean? Like, the game has been re-released and, like, you know, by... It's been re-released, but all the consoles that it's been re-released on are now legacy consoles. So it's not, like, on the... It's not on the current platforms of choice right now. At least for now. But that game is none other than... Ness, Ness's game, Earthbound. Nice. Earthbound for the Super Nintendo, you know? Yeah, and here's the thing. This box is really fucking big. It barely fits on the screen. Like, it is a, it is a, a, a Super Nintendo game that is very rare, like, not very many. It, I think it kind of, it kind of. Louis, I am looking at how much this is worth right now. Holy shit, don't tell me. All it, right. Don't so, tell me yet. Don't okay, tell me okay, yet. Okay. All right, let me, let me finish. All right, all right. All right. So this game, uh, complete in box, right? It comes with a cartridge, and mm-hmm. inside the box of the game, the reason why this box is so fucking big is that it came. It comes with an actual official strategy guide uh, made by Nintendo. So it literally comes with, like, its instruction manual is the guide on how to play the game. And inside the guide, Dang. there are, like, scratch and sniff stickers that, like, obviously don't even work anymore. But, like, you can actually, like, scratch and sniff and whatever. Uh, but, yeah, like, it tells you how to, you know, go through every single world and stuff like that. Uh, um, and, yeah, the game has been re-released on the Wii U. Um, it has been re-released on the 3DS, uh, uh, the new 3DS exclu- exclusively. And, if I'm not mistaken, it is on the Super Nintendo Classic, if I'm not mistaken, on that one. Yes, okay. I think that's correct. So it is yes, not currently on the Switch right now. So everything that you want to... If you wanted to play the game, you'd have to play it on those older consoles that are not currently supported by Nintendo. Uh, but having it playing on original hardware, 
at the time when I bought it, like 10-ish years ago, was like $600. And I never checked the price since, and I just assumed that it was going to maintain its price. So I'm literally not, right. you're telling me now, like, I'm barely finding it out. So what is it? Okay, so if you had it, according to price charting, which once again, it's not always super accurate, but it gives you a ballpark. Uh, if you had to lose, meaning if you had just the cartridge right now, it would be worth $410. Holy fuck. Okay. Complete in box, it's saying $2,605. No fucking way. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. If you had it new, it would be worth $8,337. So, I'd say you got a pretty good deal with the 600 bucks, considering you probably couldn't find it for that right now, for sure. Holy shit. Or it would be really hard. Really you know what's kind of crazy is at the time I thought six hundred dollars was like I was I I thought I lost because I was playing I was paying sticker price at the time like it was what it was going for like I didn't get a deal out of it but that's crazy oh my god I don't even know what's yeah. I don't even know how to how to feel about that <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure that is your most valuable item and um, yeah yeah if you, yeah not a lot of not a lot of games could have been more valuable perhaps devil's third only. <laughs> <laughs> you know That's you know joke. dan i should have gone last yeah. to like to and to stick the landing on that one but now you got to follow me up yeah no i i can't follow that up as far as value goes but i i just left this one for last for me just because it's like basically the bigger thing uh and i also i have it i already opened it and i have it in parts in quotes and so i i might have even done an unboxing of this already in the podcast i don't remember but it is Lewis's favorite game, um, The Last of Us Part oh Two, my God. Collector's Edition. Um, so, you know, I'm a big Last of Us fan. I liked Last of Us Two as well, not as much as Last of Us One, but I didn't hate it like Lewis did. So I figured, you know what? I never really, I don't typically do this and go all out and get a collector's edition for something. So I'm gonna do it for this. Now it will take me too long to go and fully unbox the thing. I feel like at some you point did a, I did an unboxing. You did a ready press play live stream of you unboxing it. Yeah. On our on our Twitch, uh-huh. right? Um, it's on our YouTube. But channel. I'll just show some of some of the things that I already had out here. So there's some nice spins, you know, a uh, nice Firefly pin, you know, the Naughty Dog logo and stuff like that, which I think is pretty neat. Uh, we got a steel case that I didn't show before with the other steel cases. We got Ellie on one side and Abby on the other, you know, Lewis's favorite character from the game. Um, <laughs> and then we also got, you know, some, uh, some like art books and stuff. So, you know, you can see a little bit of the, just in case you guys don't know, but if you've been paying attention for like every episode in the background, that last of us uh, book, stuff. I mean, uh, that last of us box has always been in the background of Dan's, uh, stuff. Yes. Yes. So, you know, I saved it for last. It's like, okay, this is like one of my bigger things and, and, and one that's probably worth something at this point. I would assume, you know, they, these things, they're, they're limited release. Um, but yeah, it's not as much of a surprise because I've showed it before. <laughs> um, so yeah, a bunch of, uh, you know, steel bookcases, some games, some, you know, action figures and, and the last of us collectors edition and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, man. Um, that was awesome. Video game show and tell was actually <laughs> dope. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I think we both stunted equally. Maybe me more so just, the <laughs> just, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the edge with, uh, with Earthbound. Perhaps I think that's a pretty big yeah. deal purchase there, you know, worth over $2,000 now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, if that's right. Yeah, right? If that's right. Um, uh, but I will tell you this, when we first talked about a show and tell, I was like, 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have a lot to show. And then I started looking around and I was like, no, I actually have a lot of pretty neat things. They're just like my things are not as much old school as yours. Mm. You know, you have the classic like, you know, the Dreamcast and NES and, and stuff like that. Um, and and my cooler things are modern more like thing. from collector modern day. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, you know, so yeah. I'm older and I grew up on those older consoles and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, that and also, smart. I am, like I said, I I consider myself a collector more than a gamer because that's how I can justify spending so much money that I did over the years. <laughs> but yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. So I, I'm just, that, that was great. I was awesome. I, uh, I, I, I do say that we, uh, uh, just, you know, kidding aside, I think we, we did do a pretty good flex, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i gotta learn with uh, you here you go yeah so yeah that was uh this is uh um we normally around the 90 minute mark we normally end the show but you know we're actually going to be kicking off the actual show show in like the normal format <laughs> of things uh so we didn't get to have time to like cover like the news as we normally do so we're just going to sort of shoehorn it in here and everything that is extra news so I'm going to go ahead and read out the extra news, and uh, we'll go from there. So number one, Microsoft has stopped manufacturing all Xbox One consoles. Now, that headline, bit of a misnomer because it means they, they meant to say from, like, February of 2020 or something like that or whatever. Uh, they actually stopped, and they just never announced it. Like, they never publicly announced that they discontinued it. Uh, number two. According to Bloomberg, Sony has reportedly extended production of its last-gen PlayStation 4 console as PlayStation 5 remains in scarce supply due to component constraints. There you go. That makes sense. You know, get people to tie tie people over. I I found it funny how those two stories kind of contrast each other. It's like Xbox, no more Xbox Ones. Although, like like you said, they, they... it's almost like old news, but it's just becoming more official now. They're, like, confirming mm-hmm. it now, I think. Uh, and then with PlayStation, it's, like, it's not fully confirmed, but they're talking about how they might be going back to uh, to PS4. There's rumors and ramblings about it. So. Yeah, I guess, like, it's a situation where they can manufacture PS4s more easily since they're older parts. And so that way mm-hmm. you can have people – you can tie people over, put get people in the ecosystem through PlayStation 4. So – uh, Grand Theft Auto number three. Grand Theft Auto parent uh, company Take Two has announced its intentions to acquire mobile games giant Zynga. Oh my God! In a deal worth twelve point seven billion dollars? No fucking way! Uh, the biggest ever in the games industry. So here's the interesting thing about the story, and I figured let's just give us our two cents as we go through the, these, Lewis. Um, I would have no, I had no idea that Zynga would have been worth more than a billion Zenimax. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's worth... This is the big... Like, Microsoft buying Bethesda, a.k.a. Microsoft buying Bethesda's parent company, Zanimax. They had, like, 20 different studios or whatever. They're they're spending more on Zynga than Microsoft did on Zanimax. This is more than... It's, like, many times over what Star Wars costs for Disney and stuff like that. So it's this absurd amount. It shows that Zynga must be making a lot of money, which the crazy thing is, I feel like just... Five years ago or so, or maybe 10 years ago, we were hearing about how Zynga was at the verge of getting bankrupt or something. Um, so I guess they turned it around. Damn. You know, honestly, yeah. like, I remember, like, what, 10-ish years ago where King King got bought by Activision. Like, the people that made Candy Crush, mm-hmm. they got bought for $4 billion or something like that. So the fact that I don't, I think Zynga, like, when I think of those old-ass games, like, during the Facebook mobile gaming era... Like, are they even relevant? Like, I don't even know. Like, they must be. 
They they must have some big mobile games out right That's now. That's crazy. Uh, otherwise, this wouldn't be justified. Yeah. Uh, number four, Take-Two's latest financial guidance may have alluded to plans to release Grand Theft Auto 6 by March 2024, an analyst has suggested. Number five, Sega established a new software development and, de- and debugging studio in Sapporo called Sega Sapporo Studio on December 1st, 2021, and its second development base in Japan, the company announced. Number six, Quantic Dream, the developer behind the recently announced Star Wars Eclipse and Detroit Become Human, is currently developing a second humor-based AAA game, according to an insider. And number seven, an analyst claims Mario Kart 9 is in development, including a new twist and include and could be teased this year. About damn time. What do you think of that? Do you think that uh, that that's true? That we're gonna see Mario Kart 9? I soon? believe so. I think every console, every Nintendo console, should have a Mario Kart to call its own, and a Mario Kart's home circuit doesn't count. Um, <laughs> I've been wanting Mario Kart 9 for a really long time, but the thing is, with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe being so successful, there was always there was never really an onus on Nintendo to make it, which kind of like bugged me. But honestly, like here's the thing, I honestly think that Mario Kart 9 should just be reworked into Nintendo Kart or Smash Kart. Yeah. You know, like just yeah. every character. Maybe they could call it Super Mario oh Kart. Oh my god. And then and then make it that. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. Anyways, uh number eight, PlayStation's newly acquired Fire Sprite Studio has taken over Lucid Games unannounced Twisted Metal reboot and poached its game director. Fuck. Uh number nine, the president and CEO of Platinum Games, uh Kenichi Sato, has announced that he stepped down from the company. Oh my god. Ah, damn. Number 10, an early build of Guerrilla Games' Horizon Forbidden West has leaked into the public domain. Those bastards. Uh, Number 11, Microsoft Xbox Series X and S are outpacing sales of the previous Xbox console generations, despite the fact that its supply has been unable to meet demand. That makes sense. I'm not surprised. Number 12, an Xbox port of the 2020 PC strategy game Age of Empires 4 is currently being tested according to a code name that has been discovered. Number 13, from Software's uh, next Armored Core game has reportedly been confirmed via a consumer survey. Okay. And number 14, gamers in the United Kingdom will no longer have the option to buy a subscription to PlayStation Now at UK retailers. By Friday, January, 2020, January 21st, retailers in the country will have to pull PS Now cards from their shelves. The reason why this is relevant is because it may indicate the end of PlayStation Now coming soon. And a lot of people are conjecturing about whether this means that whatever PlayStation's response to Game Pass, which we talked about before, it's rumored or whatever, is about to get announced and that they're going to roll PlayStation Now into that. You know, even in this podcast, we talked about what's coming to PlayStation Now. Like, as like there were some pretty decent heavy hitters. Like, the fact of the matter is yeah. like, we cover them because they're actually games of, you know, relevance. So, like, yeah. I'm surprised that, like... If a service is going to go under or get reworked or whatever, you would think that they would just sort of like handicap that service like the way we talk about Xbox games with gold or whatever. It's very interesting that PlayStation Now has failed to become relevant as a service, even though you were correct. We cover it because every time, every month, they are adding relevant games to yeah. it. You know, we're always, it's like big AAA games and Sony first party games and stuff. So, yeah. Number 15, controller tinkerer and YouTuber Akaki Akumeri has just created a PS5 controller adapter that makes it possible to play games one handed. Nice. Uh, and finally, the roundup. Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection, will cost $39.99 when it's released physically and digitally on February 17th for the Switch. Nice. 
Uh, Kirby, The Forgotten Land, releases on March 23rd, and Stalker 2 has been delayed from April to December 8th, Those Bastards. And Bandai Namco has announced a free-to-play battle royale based on My Hero Academia, Those Bastards. Um, <laughs> you, didn't think, you didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> Not at all. We don't Not need another all. battle royale. Uh, yeah, but anyways, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think we sort of covered what we wanted to cover, but is there anything that you wanted to say in addition? Uh, no, I think we're good. No major uh, news stories, but a few interesting things, you know, like GTA buying Zynga or, you know, Take-Two, I mean, buying Zynga for that much money becoming the biggest deal in games. It's very unprecedented and unexpected. Um, and, you know, it's cool that somebody went out and made a, you know, a PlayStation's own adaptive controller in a way in response to a- Xbox's uh, adaptive controller, except that it's not PlayStation official, but, you know, there's something out there that you can go and watch and check out. Close so. enough, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, with that, uh, Dan, it's time for me to hand the show over to you so you can take us home. What are you buying? On to our new releases for the upcoming week. We're going to start with a new old game. God of War 2018 is hitting PC on January 14th, day this podcast posts on audio feeds. Uh, then on January 17th, we got Shadow Man Remastered coming to the Switch. And then on January 18th, we got two games. River City Girls is coming out on the PlayStation 5. I already played that a little bit on the Xbox, and it was actually pretty fun. And then Nobody Saves the World is coming out on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. So an Xbox console exclusive for now. And I wanted to read a blurb for this one, and you see why. Transform from a featureless nobody into a slug, a ghost, and a dragon in this new take on action RPGs from the creators of Guacamelee. Discover 15 plus distinct forms, mix and match their abilities, clear evolving dungeons, and save the world? Question mark. Uh, so I looked into this game. It actually looked kind of neat, and it's made by the developers of Guacamelee, uh, which I think is a game both Lewis and I played mm. uh, at least a little bit. Uh, so it looked cool. You might want to check that out. Then on January 20th, we got Expeditions Rome coming out on PC, Paparazzi coming out on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. Wind Jammers 2 coming out on PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC. And finally, Rainbow Six Extraction coming out on PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC. For decades, Team Rainbow has been the shield against the world, global threats imaginable, uh, or the worst global threats imaginable. Now we face the greatest terror yet, a lethal mutating alien parasite. Includes Buddy Pass, where you can invite two friends to play with you for free for 14 days if you buy the game. You can play alone or with friends from any platform in this one to three player co-op PvE FPS. 69 guns, nice. (laughs) 25 gadgets, 18 operators with progression levels, 12 large dynamic maps, 13 mutating enemies, and free post-launch content. Test your skills with four adjustable difficulty levels and a thrilling end-game ranked mode. Lewis, do any of these games do anything for you? God of War on PC, man. That's like the pick of the week. Uh, It's a game that uh, people need to put some respect on that name, you know? Yeah, I feel like Rainbow Six Extraction would possibly be the 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 pick of the week, but I um, you know, the response to this game so far has not been super positive. I feel like the Rainbow Six fans, this is not exactly what they wanted, you know, the zombie game. It's like Back for Blood but Rainbow Six and Is uh, um, Rainbow Six Extraction uh formerly known as Rainbow Six Quarantine? Yes, that's the game we covered in this podcast before where they delayed it multiple times and changed the name and we we've seen it at E3 a few times I think and yeah, I feel like it's just kind of coming out now and I don't see any real real buzz you know, for it. So we'll you know, it's kind of funny um, is like I thought the game has already came out because like I was like, "Oh, this game is now coming out." I was like surprised to see it. And it kind of seems yeah. like there hasn't been a marketing push for this game. 
Not a very strong one, now that I've seen at least. Maybe not on our circles. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Um, I think I'm going to give a shout out to Nobody Saves the World because that does look cool. Uh, if that's on Game Pass, eventually I might go and check it out. Or if it's cheap enough, you know, I do have a Xbox gift card from Christmas that I haven't used yet, so I might go and get it. Yeah, I saw the, uh, uh-huh. I saw the reviews for the game, uh, God of War on PC, and they're very, very favorable, so... Um, nice. Apparently, it it scales really well on different uh, PC builds. So, uh, and also for like a high end PCs, it's like really beautiful and taxing. Like it really pushes your your graphics cards to the limit, kind of thing. So, yeah. Anyway. Nice to know that uh, that PlayStation uh, got it sorted how to make good uh, PC ports because I think they struggled with that for a while. Yeah, bit. optimize out the gate. So, yeah. All, All right. right, let's move on, Lewis. Got a selection of good things on sale, stranger interesting selection uh for or broke gamers guide today uh as first as usual we're gonna look at the free games on the epic game store galactic civilization 3 is free now until january 20th uh, we're gonna pull this up build a civilization that will stand the test of time choose from dozens of unique races and make a name for yourself across the galaxy through diplomacy espionage technological advances and more um so there's just kind of like a cinematic trailer here so i can't really tell what the game is like but i'm guessing this might be maybe some uh, civilization like game that is set in space yeah who knows uh, I'm, looking, I'm just sort of scrubbing through the trailer and it's all cinematic so i don't see any gameplay yeah um so you can go and check that out if you'd like it is free and then we got relicta is going to be the next alleged free game from january 20th to january 27th uh now i got some interesting links here First one from Eurogamer, PUBG relaunches in free-to-play form. Battle Royale Behemoth PUBG has relaunched in free-to-play form. It's free to download across platforms, PC and console right now. The fancy live-action free-to-play launch trailer is below, so if you've ever wanted to play PUBG, now you can go and do it for free. Uh, I believe there are certain things that you still need to pay for, you know, certain modes or whatever, Um, but the base game, the base Battle Royale game is now free-to-play for everybody. I wonder, like, how if people uh, ever feel slighted. If, like, like man, I paid for this <laughs> game. You know. They do. I have a friend who was a big Destiny 2 guy, and the moment they made that free, he was pissed off. He was like, I, I bought it it's not too long ago, you know? Like, and he's been, like, I think he might have even spent full price on oh it or whatever. Uh, it happens. <laughs> um, then this is not a broke gamer's guy type of thing, but it is a, like, I, it was the only place that I thought made sense to have it on the show. This is going to hit audio feeds Friday morning, so might be too late for people watching on the video, but if you started listening to this right as it hit, GameStop is reportedly holding a PS5 in-store sale event on Friday, so you might want to check out your local GameStop. If you're looking for a PS5, you might be able to get it. I think they've been getting easier to get slowly through time. Perhaps today's the day for you, so if you happen to listen to this early in the day and you got a GameStop opening soon, you might want to go and look into that. Finally, the Hitman Trilogy is coming to Xbox Game Pass, PC Game Pass next week. Hitman 3 developers IO Interactive are celebrating the game's first birthday on January 20th in a big way, starting with the release of Hitman Trilogy, which will debut in the Game Pass library on both Windows PC and Xbox. The studio announced last Thursday, today, day of recording. The bundle includes three games in the world of Assassination Trilogy, 2016's Hitman, 2018's Hitman 2, and 2021's Hitman 3, and will also be released the same day on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series X. So if you have Game Pass, you can play all the Hitman games for free starting on January 20th. And I believe they all have like some kind of like progression that if you beat the first game, something carries over to two, et cetera, et cetera. 
I possibly I think yeah. so. It is a trilogy. I so, think so. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah. But I never played the game. But that's what I that's what I heard. And that's it, Lewis. So uh, I'll give it back to you. All right. Cool. <laughs> Oh my god, it's time to end. It's the end. No, it's it feels very bittersweet. Uh but yeah, it's not the end for like the show. Ready Press Play will go on. I'm gonna go ahead and just, you know, uh, do one more plea to you guys who are watching us. In the in the description of the YouTube video, there is a link to our Spotify. Um you can find us on any podcast services of your choice. It doesn't have to be on Spotify, but that's just the link that I throw on there every week. Uh give us a follow, keep up with us. We literally will continue to post every Friday morning um and yeah um that's it i mean i you know honestly i wish i wish uh we had like some parting words you know <laughs> lewis let me ask you this um can we commit to uh having some uh some new things on the next episode and tease that <laughs> yeah we can all right okay okay I'll let cool. you handle that so as we move back to audio um part of this is like like we talked about before like trying to make our lives a little bit easier just you know me not having to make you know youtube thumbnails every time as soon as we're done recording and, and lewis not having to edit the video and get it ready to post or whatever just kind of cutting off like minutes and and and, and a little bit here and there and making it easier for us making it so that we can record anywhere that we don't need a background or whatever you know if, uh, if we're traveling or, or off doing something um, but then, you know, we also want to take it as an opportunity to try to make the show better, which we do, you know, every year. Um, so we're going to try to make a few adjustments, you know, starting with the next show and maybe we're going to adjust moving forward, even, you know, in the next few shows, uh, maybe some adjustments to the format, some adjustments to a few other things, uh, just kind of try to keep the show interesting, cool and fresh, uh, to you guys. So yes, please go and check us out on Spotify on apple Podcasts, on google play whatever you listen uh to your audio podcast you're going to be able to find us there and i think the next episode will also be a great episode to start listening um if you we haven't been listening on the on the audio feeds before and you just kind of showed up here for this youtube video or whatever uh that being said lewis remains on the level one gaming channel uh we're good friends with the level one gaming folks uh we very much appreciate having the space like we said earlier uh you can check out lewis here on cogs in the machine next tuesday and that is great as well you know if you liked uh this type of content here you can go and give a subs you know subscribe to the channel like the video like their other videos go and check out their stuff um you know go and check out the double xp podcast every wednesday there's a lot of cool stuff happening here i'm sure they're also preparing a lot of cool new things for the new year as well um so you definitely want to stay tuned both on the level one gaming channel as well as on ready press play on podcast services uh, and thank you so much for your time. Damn, Dan. I couldn't have done that. You you did the damn thing. Like, <laughs> I could not have done that. <laughs> but yes. All right. Did my I'll, best. Uh, I'll <laughs> sign us out here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and everything that I do. At Chakalaka88. Dan. And I'm at the Dan Lima. All right. Peace out, guys. See ya. See ya.